Hi there! Ever had a ladder? Ever seen people abuse your ladder? Well, that is all about to change with the Celeron Industries' new Pain Ladder! Whoa, amazing! It's cool, it's fast, and it's ready to kick their ass! Watch as your fiends, friends, and Freddy's friends climb the ladder of success before being shocked into reality's cruel continued man. Oh, whoa! Ah! Oh, uh, uh, oh, oh my god, uh, he, he might actually be dead. Or he would be for the pain maker mattress that comes with every pain ladder. I think he has a concussion. It's bouncy, stiff, and destined to make your friends never forget what they did. Ladders are really fucking expensive. But wait, there's more. Order now and get the Ultra Combo. Get yourself a pain ladder! Get yourself a pain maker mattress! Get yourself another pain ladder! And whilst on top of it, you can get yourself your very own warfish! Why? Because they're goldfish and they will forget all the pain you've gave to your friends! So for now, don't wait! Go! Purchase your pain ladder today! Pain ladder! It's full of pain! No animals, humans, people, or anyone else was harmed in the making of this advert. Sullivan Bro Brown did not approve this message and he should have won the Quizzlemania Championship. Terms and conditions apply. Now what do you think? Is that or is that not gonna make us millions? Am I right? Who who really wants ladders anymore? Hello? Yes, uh no, no, we we don't sell ladders. We we only make pain ladders. Up uh, up uh, okay, yeah, sure. Uh Right, I think we're broke, guys. Well, at least we got the good music, am I right? <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, and lady gentlemen, my fictional friends! Welcome to the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! The podcast where I give to you wrestling storylines from the good, to the bad, to the damn right insane! My name is Connor, and I think we've we've gone further beyond. We've gone beyond Santa. We've gone beyond video games. We've gone beyond memes. We've now delved into the realm of human beings. <laughs> No wrestlers, no characters, just just a human being. What? Why not? In case you did not know, and you don't want to know Royal Spider Quizlemania, we are talking about the man, the myth, the legend. That is Sullivan Bo Brown, an actor and frequent cast member of No Rolls Bard, and also person on Quizlemania who I really believed was going to win the Quizlemania Championship. A, a quick story before we get into fantasy booking. I was watching that live. <laughs> As it was happening, I was finishing my dissertation, I was finishing my whole, like, university degree stuff, and I remember seeing that live and being like, Oh my god, I need to stop right now. Sullivan might actually win. Sully Mania could be running wild. <laughs> and so, for me, just, just the overall happiness and joy and energy of Sullivan, it, it just seems like a really fun thing to book. I'm not gonna lie to you. He's just got that... Like, you can tell even on screen, he just seems like such a lovely person. And that just that just seems like a very fun thing to book. And, you know, sometimes when you try to think of people to book, you, when you go week to week, 
in, in my head, sometimes I go a little bit blank. So you need to go a little bit outside the box. And that's what we're doing this week, as I'm going to be pitching three storylines for Mr. Sullivan Bo Brown. One that I'm just going to say immediately is going to be the Colt Cabana one. If you watched Quizzlemania, you know <laughs> I want a Colt Cabana one. One that may take him to places that he's never been before. And another that might put him in a position that he could be a little uncomfortable with. Th those are the basic teasers for this. So I'm very excited to get into this. But before we get into the basic fantasy booking, I think I need to address a couple things. Uh, in case you did not know, I've been adding in timestamps for this. So I'm going to be adding in timestamps in the description from this point forward. So if there's any storylines you want to get to or you just want to get past all the riffraff, just check in the description. You'll find it right there. Secondly, if you're a frequent listener to this podcast, please consider subscribing or following me on social media at Connor the Cooper or on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. It helps me out a lot. Legitimately, it helps out more than you can imagine just to help get more people in, just get more just overall eyes on this stuff if that's what you're really interested in. So if you have a spare moment of your time, that will be gracious. That will be amazing. But I realize plugging feels very uncomfortable for me. So I'm going to skip all of that. And we're going to talk about Sullivan Bo Brown. So to explain this and how this is all going to work, let's explain how Sullivan could particularly work really well in the wrestling business in about four minutes. Let's get into this. So, for anyone who's unaware, or you're not fully aware at this point, yeah, uh, Sully, he's an actor. So, immediately, we already have a viable way for him to get into wrestling, because WWE, AEW, they use extras all the freaking time. That's, that's great. You've already got entries way in. You know, he graduated from, oh, I'm trying to remember the name now, I think it's, Bristol's Old Vic Theatre School. That's it. Got that. I did my research. And I found through doing a little bit of extra research that he has a couple extra talents that haven't really been shown through No Rose Bard and Quizzlemania. So, a fun fact to any of you, uh, I, in my degree, I have a degree in film and creative writing. And one of the things that you do in film and creative writing is that sometimes you need to look for cast members. You need to, you know, get a film crew ready. And one of the places that you can look is through Mandy.com. And fun fact, I found out that Sullivan has a profile on Mandy.com. So there's a couple of extra skills that we can apply to him in the wrestling business. So one of the things that you can find on his profile is that he has skill in dance, including ballet, contemporary jazz, and tap. You know what that means? He's got good fucking footwork. That's, you don't understand how much of a big deal that is. When, when you look at some of the wrestlers who have been claimed as former dancers who got into the world of wrestling, so people like Peyton Royce, for example, their footwork and the moves they can do are really freaking good. So immediately, Sully has got a pretty good chance of having some a lot better moves than you would expect. Secondly, with this, he has a sense of an athletic background experience in football, rowing, and tennis. Stuff. Athletics. You see people in the WWE Performance Center who came from professional athletic backgrounds. Hell, Ty Conti came from judo. Uh, 
There are plenty of other examples off the top of my head that I can't really think of, but that's a start. That's really freaking good. And other random skills like puppetry. That sounds like an amazing skill that I can't believe he hasn't used before. Sully, if you're listening to this, why have you not used puppetry yet? That sounds amazing. <laughs> so, with this, you can start to craft a little bit of a moveset here. And rather than give you an entire moveset like a WW2K 2K game, I'm just going to give you a couple highlights. Stuff that I think would kind of fit into the stuff we've seen on No Rose Bard and just Quizzle Mania in general. So we're going to start with what I think would be his finish. The Hot Dog Drop. And in case you don't know what that is, well, Sully says hot dog a lot when he's happy. And I feel like that'll be a great name for an elbow drop. So it's basically a top rope elbow drop where, you know, I can just imagine Sully on the top rope realizing, oh, wow, wait, this person's actually down. A uh, hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> just goes in for an elbow drop. <laughs> one, two, three. That's all the moves I'm thinking. I'm thinking from getting a basic look at ballet and contemporary dance. Uh, you know, a couple extra roundhouse kicks in his arsenal. Uh, a bicycle kick would be really good. Because, you know, where you're dancing, you've got good footwork. I'm thinking some drop toll holds in there. If you want to add in the pain ladder, you can make his signature move a Boston Crab. Because, you know, that's one of the basic moves that you see in New Japan with all the basic, like, training camps that they go through. And, of course, Ric Flair chops for the times that... Sully during Quizzlemania could not guess Ric Flair. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I felt bad for you. <laughs> Anyways, that's kind of the basic stuff in there. Because in case people are still doubting the idea of actors being used, we've seen it in the histories of WWE with people like Dr. Shelby, which was a very fun story. Uh, stuff with Lucha Underground, like with Dario Cueto. So, if you don't want to just put him in an in-ring capacity, there's plenty of room to put him into spaces. But, we're not going to just fully go off the manager angle. That, that'll be a little bit too easy. So, we're going to be experimenting with a couple different things throughout this. But that's the basic premise. So, without further ado, I think it's time that I, you know, give you the basic summary. The, the character arc of Sullivan Bo Brown. In about... 30 wards, but jeez, wards, <laughs> wards, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> oh my god, so let's explain this in about 30 words or less in a segment I like to call the tagline, so if you're a first time listener to this podcast, the tagline is my 30 word summary or less about what I plan to do with the character going forward, and sometimes we'll talk about potential character arcs and stuff like that. Think of it like a brief summary that you'd see on Netflix or, you know, something you see on Crunchyroll. Because I'm going to keep on saying this till it happens. WWE has a Crunchyroll show coming. I don't know why. I don't know why. And I don't know why. So, without further ado, I think it's time for me to once again ask myself to cue the music, future me! Right, so, at the core of everything that we know about Sullivan Bo Brown, through No Rose Bard continuity and Quizzlemania continuity, 
if there is continuity, I'm I'm just saying it to sound smarter. That Sullivan Bo Brown basically. I, I don't know why I just added in that into that, but we're gonna keep going. Is also a writer. Both careers that coming from my own personal very small experience is very hard to get work for. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm da. Who knows? Anyways, with it, they are colloquially known as creative industries that are very hard to stand out because there's so many people attempting to do creative industry stuff. So, with the stuff of Norris Bard and Cosmania, it's never over that he got a lot more recognition for it. You know, just, you know, I know from my own personal research, I went back and watched a bunch of his, like, short film work as a little bit of research. I even found the old, like, short films he does with Rosie on No Rose Bard. So, yeah. Of all things, it's about just trying to get your work out there and trying to, you know, take any opportunity that you can. And what bigger opportunity would there be than to get you know, experience acting, and maybe even get some stuff in the wrestling business, because, you know, wrestling is something that's seen across the entire world, there's more exposure to it, and just from the response of people like Quizzlemania, you know, it's something that might, you know, benefit him to an extent. So, my tagline for this week, keep in mind I barely know nothing about Selvan O'Brown, I'm just making assumptions. Looking to expand his repertoire, an actor enters the squared circle to gain the notoriety that his community of friends and fans believe that he so rightfully deserves. Because, is, is there anyone who dislikes Sullivan? Like, he, he, he just comes off as such a likeable guy. I, I'm gonna keep on reiterating this, he comes off as such a lovely guy. So, yeah, that's kind of just the basis of it. He's, my basic premise is that he's exploring other career opportunities because, you know, creative industries are ones that are incredibly hard to get into. And maybe through these bookings, it will bring him to brand new interesting places where he takes on mortal enemies, you know, visits best friends, challenges his expectations and stuff that already exists in his life. I don't know. Does he know? I don't know. Maybe he knows. But I guess that's something we're all going to figure out together. Because I want to get into my very first pitch. So, the first one's kind of obvious. Because I've already talked about it. I talked about all of them in basic summaries. So we're just going to get the one that I think most people are going to be waiting for out of the way. And this one, to put it simply, it's about a man. It's about a man who has been a guest on Quizzlemania. You know, there's been plenty of guests on Quizzlemania. But this man, he, he's been more than a guest. He's, he's been a villain. Some might say he's been a dark order in Quizzlemania's history. Boom, boom. Coca-Bana, boom, boom. Coca-Bana, boom, boom. Coca-Bana, it's Sully's arch nemesis. Kind of. So yes, in case you have not watched Quizzlemania, uh, stuff happened during that show, and, uh, Sully's now arch enemy slash wanting to be best friend is Coca-Bana and Denise, because he, he just got over. So, you know, people were asking, 
hey, are we going to get a Colt Cabana Sully storyline ever? And, you know, we got some debates about Colt Cabana saying, oh, you know, my favorite place to rest would be at our Pizza Hut. And Sully's like, hey, you know what? I want to I get in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, are we friends now? Oh, uh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. F fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. That, that stuff happened. So here's how a feud between them, I think, would work. So let, let's get over how this would all come about first and foremost. So we begin with an episode of Colt Cabana's new wrestling podcast, Wrestling Anonymous, which I'm not sponsored by him, but I will gladly say it seems like a very fun podcast, which in case you don't know, is him reading out some anonymous wrestling stories and... It starts out with him reading a story about how a peanut butter and pickle loving wrestler invaded a show and took away his goal of not coming last on an episode of a particular quiz show and has now said that said wrestler is his enemy for life. Of course, at this point, Colt Cabana, he recognizes who this is and he, he just immediately just turns off the podcast midway through. It's like, okay, no, I, I'm not adding this in. This is, there's no way this is going to be going out. I, I know what you're doing, Mr. Anonymous, uh, Bo Brown. I know who you are, Bo Brown. Or oh, BB Brown. <laughs> BB Brown. We'll say BB Brown. Uh, BB Brown 65. I know who you are. <laughs> you, you did something. And... I, I was there. I saw it all. I, I don't know who this peanut butter pickle guy is, but oh, I, I bet he's I bet he's a proper good dude. So it's at this point we get essentially on an episode of Dynamite, Evil Uno and the rest of the Dark Order cutting a promo saying how, you know, it's been nearly over half a year since the passing of Mr. Brody Lee. And, you know, it's hit all of us across the wrestling world really hard and in in the name of negative one and in the name of this group that we promise to live on Brody Lee's legacy we need to find people who can further this legacy beyond what we're capable of and it's been a long time and he evil uno signals to Alex Reynolds and John Silver to step forwards from this point forward we will be recruiting new recruits to the Dark Order. And at this point, you know, we get a couple more, I guess, older versions of the old Dark Order promo video packages, in case you guys remember, which were talking about these people who wanted revenge, wanting that, and now it's all kind of like changed to being like, hey, we all want to be friends and enjoy things like board games and a uh, couple times with the boys, uh, friendships with cowboys. And all these other fun little bits of stuff. So it's like all the old like propaganda stuff. But now is actually kind of true. Because that's kind of what the Dark Order evolves into. And so from this point we move on to the next week of Dynamite. John Silver and Alex Reynolds bring in the new recruits to the Dark Order. And they all have their like old Dark Order creeper masks on. Those are kind of what they're all kind of like walking into. And... Evil Uno, he has a couple inspections of this, some of these people. And he does a bunch of, like, essentially random tests. The first two are, like, rock, paper, scissors. They don't really work. Uh, Stu does a test, which is basically 
push one of them out of the ring. <laughs> you know, kind of in reference to the whole like Anna J stuff on being the elite where he used to get bullied a lot by her until she got injured. Uh, we have Silver and Reynolds who just ask, hey, have you guys got any food for us? And of course they don't, so they end up walking away. And then we only have one person left in a mask. And Colt Cabana starts, you know, addressing in this promo, saying, You know, to be part of the Dark Order, you need to show commitment, strength, integrity, and, most importantly, Vaughn newfound resolve, I need to ask you, are you evil? And he takes off the mask, and it's Sullivan Bo Brown. <laughs> That's right. And at this point, Sully is kind of, he, he's, you can see it in his eyes, he's a bit scared, but he's trying to like, lift his sort of like chest up and showing confidence, like, no, no, I'm not evil. I'm not evil at all. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a confident boy. At this point, negative one, he starts laughing a bit. And at this point, Colt is about to say, no, he's not ready for it. But the rest of the Dark Order, they, they see negative one laughing. They, they see kind of the joy in his eyes. And at this point, they all, they all go around Sullivan Bo Brown. And they say, congratulations, you've joined the Dark Order. <laughs> Colt Cabana is like, what? <laughs> And they all embrace Sullivan Bo Brown. Thus begins Sullivan Bo Brown now being part of the Dark Order. <laughs> yes. Sully, from this point forward in throughout this storyline, is a member of the Dark Order. And before anyone asks, why would you put Sully in the Dark Order? What, what, what logical reason would this make sense? Well, first of all, the Dark Order of being the Elite feels like the exact comedy that you would have Sullivan Bro Brown work with. Like, in so much of the random ways. <laughs> Just like, the brash overconfidence, the the incredibly, like, loud arguments between them, kind of like, oh yeah, I'm really good. I'm really goddamn good. I, I feel like that kind of, like, brash overconfidence would fit with Sully. Plus, he's an actor. Uh, he's got enough versatility that he's been able to play serious roles, and... Other stuff, I did a little bit of extra research and found that he had some experience, you know, directing some plays. Like, if I'm getting this wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, Cinderella, uh, other things that unfortunately I cannot remember as I'm speaking at this point. But he's done several bits of that and he has career as an actor. I think he would work really well in this group. And so, next coming weeks are essentially the... Sullivan Bo Brown training, so to speak. Him trying to be ready to be part of the Dark Order. He goes through, you know, the recruitment phase with John Silver and Alex Reynolds trying to, you know, get himself associated with the rest of the rules. So trying to get people to join the Dark Order. He starts being essentially a young boy for several matches. He's, he's ones for like managing Silver and Reynolds in his comeback. You've got... Him essentially managing Evil Uno in some matches. And one in particular. One with Colt Cabana and Five in a tag team match. Which we'll get into. And as this is all going on. Colt Cabana just immediately goes to Sullivan. 
who he asks, why, why are you here? What are you doing in my company? And Sully immediately answers, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I saw a poster saying they are looking for friends and revenge. And even though I, 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 I do have friends and I, I, oh, oh I, I, I guess I do consider you and Denise an enemy for life. And here I am. I, I didn't think a place called the Dark Order would be so friendly. Can, can't you see the confusion in that? Like, and Colt immediately at this point, he's still suspicious of all of this. You know, he said he's a lifetime enemy, but he hasn't got much time to really think about this because he's getting ready for a tag match for five against, you know, a random local enhancement team. We're going to say, uh, we're going to say Sean Dean and, uh, uh, who else would be good here? Uh, we're going to say Fuego. We're going to say Fuego because Fuego doesn't seem to win. So, the way this match goes on is basically Cold Grimana gets in the ring, but he constantly sees Sully doing stuff. Just kind of just hanging around the ring thinking, what are you trying to do? Why, why are you getting a chair out? Are you going to hit me with it? When Sully's just getting out to sit down, you know? It's been a long day of, you know, recruitment training. And it gets to a point where Cold Banner is just completely distracted and he tags in five to deal with the rest of the tag match and it's essentially five's hot tag and he's just looking over to Sully asking, are you evil? And Sully's just saying, no, are you evil? No, are you evil? No, are you evil? No. And then five gets the win. So at this point, the Dark Order wins. Colt is still not convinced that Sully is here for the right intentions of being part of the Dark Order. So from this point forward, we have the BTE episode. Colt tries to expose Sully for being too evil for the Dark Order because just because he made a kid laugh doesn't mean that he really deserves to be Dark Order material. And he tries to say that he's turned over a new leaf. He lists things to say why Sully could be evil. The fact that he's watched a lot of movies in his time and he's seen a lot of James Bond movies where the British person does sometimes become evil. He says how moustaches appear evil. He even emphasizes how not liking peanut butter and pickle sandwiches is the deepest root of all evil. And before Evil Uno and the rest of the Dark Order could be like, well, you know, he, he's got a point. Sully comes in with, you know, what the Dark Order loves, their sponsorship with chilies, of course. And of course, the Dark Order's happy. They're like, oh my god, thank you for getting this. You get a classic little Johnny Hunger. And at this point, Colt Cabana, he, he's starting to get a little bit more annoyed. They're starting to like Sully more than they like Colt Cabana. <laughs> so we continue on. The Dark Order seems convinced that Sullivan Bro Brown is a good person. It's at this point that we have a match on Dark Elevation. It is Cesar Bononi and Peter Avalon versus Colt Cabana and Sullivan Bo Brown. Of course, Colt Cabana finds this out as he's recording his Wrestling Anonymous podcast as he gets a message from Uno. It's put onto Dark Elevation as kind of like a brief audio clip to kind of put over the podcast and put it over as a segment on there. In which he shocked away. I'm I'm working with him. I'm I'm working with him. I have like eight other guys in this faction. What do you mean I'm working with him? 
So we get a brief segment as we're getting ready for the match where Colt Cabana is asking Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, well, why am I in a tag match with him? Why can't I be with 5, 10, Silver, Reynolds, a anyone but this man? Of course, we pan over to Sully. He's like, come, come on, man. I'm right here. I'm right here. Why are you being so mean? Come on. And Evil Uno explains that, well, look, I've just went for the TNT title. I'm trying a little singles thing. So Silver, so Reynolds, they're not quite in the top five yet. Silver's still recovering from an injury, so we're still not quite sure. Uh, Ten has kind of had his own little business with Powerhouse Hobbs and Five. Well, he's five, you know, he's five. You don't put him in every, all the time. So we thought we'd give the new recruit a try. And Sullivan's just kind of, he, he looks, the best way I could describe it is that he's smiling, but his eyes scream fear. <laughs> and we get a brief promo with Alex Marvez saying, here live we have uh, Sullivan Bo Brown and Colt Cabana. What are your thoughts on taking on Pretty Deadly? And, wait, it's not Pretty Deadly, it's, oh, oh my god, I'm thinking of NXT UK. Jesus, I'm thinking of Peter Avalon, Cesar Bononi. Sully, he grabs the microphone. He, he's got, he's got all the confidence in the world. And he basically starts speaking like he does in his snake oil pitches on No Rules Bard. It's, right, um, you, you, we, we have a match tonight. We, we, it will, it will be a good show for us. Not them, uh, the, the, the wingmen. The, the flightless birds. You, you listen there, Peter. I, I, I probably can't, can't beat you, but I, but I've got a better mustache than you, and that's all that matters in the world of wrestling. And Colt just cuts him off, saying, oh, "Sully, what, what are you doing? You're, you're trying to cut me away from my friends because you think I'm some mortal enemy or something? Look, I just came on here to just plug the podcast. I don't have anything against you." Sully just says, what? No, of, of course not. Look, I, I just like your friends. Look, I know this is meant to be a cult. Cult Cabana just quickly says, it's not a cult. <laughs> a friendly gathering. You know, we play snake oil. Some blood on the clock tower. Telestration. Just, just, we're just having a good time, Colt. What, what, what is your problem? We, I just, I just want to be your friend. That, that's all I want, Colt. And I, I just don't understand why you won't accept that. That That's all I want. And at this point, you know, they haven't really got much time to really talk about this. So they head straight to the match. And this match will be pretty much the summary of how a lot of their tag matches will be going forward. Because, uh, say it with me now. How can they coexist? Working as a team. Surprisingly, reasonably well. So, this first match, we're not going to be sharing much of Sully as a wrestler. The benefits of being in a tag match is that you can save Sully for hot tags and just keep him out of the ring and have him be a character, which is more than likely going to be Sully's best strength in a wrestling scenario. You know, just trying to get the crowd behind him. You've got Colt Cabana is kind of your heater in this match. And the basic story of this match is Sully trying to avoid the big man Cesar Bononi as much as possible because Sully is not a wrestler. <laughs> so, the story of it is Sully essentially running for his life. He, he does get a couple good shots in on Peter Avalon. You see a little bit of hope here and there. You know, we get a little bit of a peek into his 
old ballet background, his contemporary jazz dance background. We see, you know, a couple like leg sweeps, uh, a couple shots to the face with like a roundhouse kick, which everyone's kind of surprised at. Kind of, you know, takes Colt Cabana off guard a little bit. Where it's like, oh my god, he's actually doing moves. He's actually doing it. Until Cesar Bononi is tagged in. And he essentially runs for his life. He tags in Colt Cabana to try and deal with it. Doesn't quite work out. Uh, Cesar Bononi in the running around. Because I'm imagining Sully's just running around the ring. Running for his life. Cesar tags in Peter Avalon. Because it's not getting anywhere. Along with Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana hits the Chicago skyline on Peter Avalon. And then as Peter Avalon is running, not Peter Avalon. And then as Sully is running back in, he tags in by accident to Colt Cabana. So it's like a blind tag. So Sully gets back in, Cesar Bononi ends up getting wiped out because Colt Cabana tries to take him out in the middle of the chaos. And Sully gets the pin on Peter Avalon in all of the confusion and smoz. And Sully just celebrates around the ring, just shouting, oh, hot dog, hot dog, hot dog, oh, oh, the, the victory's going home, boys, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that accent was. <laughs> and, you know, Colt Cabana is shocked. He, he's furious at this, because this was his victory. And from this point forward, they're, they're booked in more tag matches. And Colt Cabana is asking, why? Why? Why do we keep doing this? Well, Evil Evil Uno just explains, look, you're winning tag matches. There's not much tag match action going on right now. We're, we're doing this as a legacy to Mr. Brody Lee. We want to, you know, hold all the titles to, you know, remember his legacy. And Don't you want to do that, Cole? And Cole is like, yeah, I do, but it, it's just with, it's, it's just with, <sighs> he, he, this man, he's, He's ruining my life, Uno. He's ruining my life. <laughs> and the camera just pans to Sully. You know, kind of just like after the match. And he just asks, well, are, are, we, are we not friends yet? And, and like, Colt says, no, no, we're not friends. In what world are we friends? <laughs> and Sully's just, oh, oh, okay. Uh, oh, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, fuck. Fuck you! I, I I hate your guts. You 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 suck. That's right. You're 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 bad. I dislike you. I I really dislike you. And Colt just Colt just tries to celebrate with the rest of the Dark Order, playing some games. You know, Snake Oil, and you know maybe we get more stuff about the Pain Ladder. Maybe who knows? We continue on another day, another dynamite, and we have a segment of Sully. Essentially, because at the time of this recording, he is technically the board game club champion because he won the Fibbage game at the end. So, congrats, Sully. You're helping me out in the long run here. So, at this point, Sully is recording live from AEW Dynamite, an episode of Board Game Club. And to doing this, he, he's getting all excited for it. Adam is introducing everyone, saying, Joining me tonight, we have Blair. Hello, John. Hello, Tom. Hello, Dom. Hello, Sully. Hello. And, you know, he stops for a second. Sully's like, isn't that everyone? What, what are you doing? <laughs> so, and Adam just says, And joining me is the sponsor of today's episode of Board Game Club, 
Wrestling Anonymous' own, for one night only, Mr. Colt Cabana. And Sully's just like, what? And Colt Cabana comes in. And Sully's like, what, what are you doing here? I'm, I'm making some friends. <laughs> Sully, Sully's just, he's just there, a little bit dumbfounded, a little bit confused as this is happening. And Colt Cabana, I'm not going to specify the game because it doesn't matter. Colt Cabana wins the Board Game Club Championship. The lines are officially being drawn. And at this point, you know, it's the end of recording. And he starts saying, hey, because you're going to have to be on here for next week's Board Game Club. Uh, Adam starts suggesting, hey, what, what match do you want? What, what game do you want to play? Colt Cabana just, he, he stares Sully into the camera and he stares at him. He just says, Monopoly. Adam, of course, is losing his mind and he's saying to Sully, Sully, stop him. Sully just, I can't. He's, he's, he's lost his mind. He, I can't. <laughs> it's at this point. Uh, the divides are being drawn. Sully now has a reason to hate Colt Cabana because he's forcing his friends to play Monopoly. <laughs> as stupid as that sounds, I feel like that would get heat because board game communities apparently don't like Monopoly. <laughs> so, we move on from that. We get, basically, a couple more matches under their belt until they get a match with the Acclaimed. The acclaimed. <laughs> Who? In their match wisdom, we get Sully and Colt Cabana at their most tense point of not liking each other that much. Because while Sully began this, really wanting to make friends, the whole ball claim club thing, losing the championship, losing his like connection to his friends and forcing them to play Monopoly next week, it's getting him real salty. He's getting a little bit angry. And Colt Cabana. He just doesn't really like Sully at this point. Why, why has he joined this group that he has firmly established for himself? And so we get a spot. It's a tag team spot, which I imagine you'd hit on Anthony Bowens. Yeah, I have dubbed it, Are You Evil? Where they're both essentially in the ring. It, it looks like one hand is pointing at each other like it's the Spider-Man meme. And they're just not paying attention to Anthony Bowens. And they each shout, are you evil? As one of them just clocks Anthony Bowens in the face. <laughs> so it's just like back and forwards. Like, are you evil? Punch. Are you evil? Punch. Are you evil? Punch. Punch, punch, punch. Until they just knock out Anthony Bowens. <laughs> At this point, like, well, that didn't solve anything. Max Caster comes in from behind, attacks both of them. And we build to a point where, you know... Sully is getting beaten up, and he wants a tag from Colt Cabana. And Colt Cabana does the classic heel tag team move. He jumps off of the ring apron, and he heads to the ramp, where the Dark Order come out to, you know, cheer on Sully. Because they're like, hey, look, just because you two are having spat doesn't mean that we can't cheer on our friends. We're going to do that. So they're all circling around the ring. They're, they're like patting on the ground saying like, you can do this, Sully. We believe in you. Because gradually over time, we've got Sully showing a little bit more moves here and there. He's hitting more kicks. He's, he's starting to show off the hot dog elbow drop. And 
In this, we slowly see Colt Cabana slowly go back to his corner, you know, being a little bit less hot-headed. Hot hot-headed? Jesus. Hot-headed about the situation. And it gets, it evolves. We keep moving. I am giving a lot of superlatives, but we're continuing. Sullivan Bo Brown is thrown out the ring, where the Dark Order hoist him up, dragging him with <laughs> Max Caster trying to chase off each member so they don't get Sully to the other corner where they can tag in Colt Cabana. It gets to a point where he's able to get the tag. Here comes Colt Cabana, the hot tag is running wild. This point, Sully is basically almost unconscious near the near his tag corner. Colt Cabana's running wild. We see a springboard moonsault from Cabana. We see, you know, all of his classic moves there. And we get to the finish of the match. Match Caster tries to cheat with the boom box. Colt Cabana ducks it. He hits a set of punches. He goes for the Superman landing. Doesn't quite work. He gets back. He hits the Chicago skyline. And at this point. Anthony Bowens tries to go for a clothesline on Colt Cabana. He hits, but doesn't see Sully get the blind tag. And Sully, he just sees the situation. Anthony Bowens is on the ground along with Colt Cabana. He sees the Dark Order cheering him on, especially Negative One. And he gets up onto the, up onto the top rope. And he says, hot dog. Goes for the elbow drop. One, two, three. They have beaten the acclaimed. The top five ranked tag team in AEW. Number five specifically. So, Sully celebrates. He He's going there celebrating with his teammates of the Dark Order. And he tries to get Colt Cabana in there. Say, hey, no hard feelings. He tries to pick him up. And he helps him up. But Colt Cabana still walks back alone. And then we move to the next week of Dynamite. The next week of Dynamite is, well, pretty much... Sully and Colt Cabana, they're, they're still at arm's reach with each other. They're not really connecting like a tag team. In fact, the show opens with them at a conflict with each other. They're, they just start just bickering with each other about, you know, all of the underlying issues. The fact that Colt Cabana is the champion of No Rose Bard. Sully being a member of the Dark Order when by all circumstances he should not be a member of the Dark Order. And... As this happens, Evil Uno interrupts them, saying that they have a match with the Young Bucks tonight. And regardless of what they think, they need to get their act together, because this has a chance to, you know, change their careers. And it's at this point we cut to the ring. We see the Young Bucks cutting a promo saying how, you know, they're, they're confident about themselves as a tag team. They're the greatest tag team in AEW. The Bucks essentially say that you know, they've seen these two on BT. They've seen them on No Rose Bar. They've seen them on Dark and Dark Elevation. Jokes don't win you championships. They leave you with punchlines. And to prove that, the Bucks are putting their tag team titles on the line. They are gifting Sully and Colt Cabana, like the cocky heels they are, a tag team title match. Because they don't believe that they can win the tag titles. It's... It's... It's impossible. It's a miracle they got this far. Have you seen the dysfunction of this team as stated? How can they coexist? No, really. How can they? They, they started out as, you know, jokingly enemies, but the enemy stuff is kind of being built up a little bit more and more. 
And, you know, it's reaching its boiling point because now they have a main event tag team title match against the tag team champions. At this point, we, we see all of their emotions just flood out. And they're just at each other's throat. Colt just says, look, I don't like you. I just wanted to plug the podcast. Is that is all that's wrong? You took this too far. And Sully's like, I took it too far. You invaded my happy place, my, my free time away with my friends. And then they just stop for a second. They pause. And they both just say, you know whose fault it is? It's Matt Jackson's. And they pause again. You know, their eyes light up. Colt asks, are you evil? Sully says no. Sully just asks, favorite entrance? They both, resp- they both respond, theirs. <laughs> Colt asks, who's your favorite member of the Dark Order? And they both say simultaneously, Hangman Page. Hangman Page just, you know, walks into frame, you know, drinking, in which he just says, I'm not a member. And then he just walks out of frame, but they both nod saying, yeah, yeah, he, he pretty much is, right? <laughs> and then Sully just asks, does that make us best friends? Culture says no. He pulls out his hand and he just holds it there. Sully, just looking at it, he has a little, you know, smirk on his face from his mustache. He shakes it and he, Culture says, you know what we could be? The next AEW Tag Team Champions. Now, Matt and Nick, I know that you two are as thick as thieves. You're brothers. You fought across the entire world as nothing but a continued unit. You refuse to be more than single wrestlers because you believe in the value of tag teams. But what I've learned is that miracles can happen. At any moment, miracles can come true. Whether it's playing a board game, whether it's answering a question at a quiz, anything can happen in the world of wrestling. And tonight, Wrestling Anonymous becomes no holds barred. And Sully just responds, no, no rules barred. Culture says, that too. <laughs> then we cut away and we get to the main event. And the main event best way I can describe it without going into a whole 10 minute plan of how to book a match is think of it like Takamichinoku versus Triple H for the WWF championship or think of it like Adrian Neville trying to beat Seth Rollins for the WWE championship yeah there are moments in this match where it feels like they are actually going to win the tag team championships. There is a spot in this match where Brandon Cutler, the referee is knocked down. Brandon Cutler is trying to spray the cold spray in Sullivan's eyes. He blocks it. He like grabs a spray. He passes it to Colt Cabana who sprays it into the Young Bucks' eyes. Sullivan elbows uh, Brandon Cutler out of the match. And we get, for the first time, a intentional tag team combination between the two. The Chicago Skyline into the hot dog drop. And it gets a two and a half. The closest two and a half that you can think. <laughs> At this point, you know, there's a little bit of brief miscommunication. Where Sully goes for, you know, a roundhouse kick. 
Matt Jackson ducks and it hits Colt Cabana. Matt Jackson spears Sullivan out of the ring so that Matt and Nick Jackson can hit a Meltzer driver on Colt Cabana for the one, two, three. The Young Bucks retain. Unfortunately, the Young Bucks retain. As much as I'd want to see it, I it wouldn't make sense. <laughs> so Sully, he gets up. He's disappointed. He sees Colt Cabana. He tries to lift him back up. And he says, just, I'm, I'm sorry. Just, I'll admit, I, I did this because I... I, I was jealous of you. I, I saw you as an enemy because, you know, I, I've, I've, I've tried so many different things when it comes to acting, whether it comes to writing, and whilst there have been successes, there have been nothing as big as being part of this family, the AEW family, the Dark Order, and being alongside you, Colt Cabana, and he just, he just embraces Colt. You know, we get, you know, maybe a little bit of a standing ovation because they're surprised how close they were. Colt says, yeah, I I do too. I, I agree. But, unfortunately, I am evil. And Sully just looks, eyes lit up. Colt Cabana hits a low blow on Sullivan Bo Brown. Sully is knocked out. Colt Cabana walks out the ring. And then we set up what will be, well, the buy-in match. That's right. The buy-in match for All Out. Colt Cabana versus Sullivan Bo Brown. But how, what, what are the stakes here? Well, the week after this, we get Colt Cabana talking about his stuff on Board Game Club, forcing people to play Monopoly, the monster. And during this recording, midway through it, Sullivan finds where Colt Cabana is and starts assaulting him. He's saying, I want the Board Game Club Championship. Give me it back. We have a brawling shoe. Referees trying to break him up. Members of the Dark Order because they are still both members. And it's at this point, they're like, look, you two are guaranteed members of the Dark Order for life. So you need to sort this out like adults in a wrestling match. And they start arguing over what. Sully says that he wants the Quizzlemania, not the Quizzlemania, the Board Game Club Championship. Colt Cabanas doesn't really see the stakes in him just having that. Unless he can get his wish. And that is a wrestling match at Pizza Hut. So, the match is semi-agreed. Sullivan Bo Brown versus Colt Cabana for the No Rolls Bard. Oh, the No Rolls Bard Board Game Club Championship. In what is being dubbed by AEW as the Pizza Hut Palooza match. What is the Pizza Hut Palooza match, you may be asking? The Pizza Hut Palooza is essentially a... It's basically arcade anarchy. But, with some extra fun things in there. You've got your big pizza oven, you know, on the side of the ring. You've got pizzas around the ring. You've got a selection of board games like Monopoly. You've got... Just a whole series of things that can be used as weapons. And it's all for the legacy of the the Board Game Club Championship. And of course, at this point, you know, to tie it into No Rolls Bard, you have Adam Blompier in commentary alongside Excalibur and Tony Schiavone for this match. And this match is on the all-out buy-in. And is one 
which you have a bunch of spots that just kind of call back to some stuff that's been mentioned about the individuals. You know, Colt Cabana's love of pickled sandwiches, uh, Sully kind of being easily sunburnt, so there's a spot where you like, you have him, like, Colt Cabana trying to put his arm in the pizza oven, and <laughs> Sully barely escapes, but he gets a sunburn. <laughs> uh, stuff like using the Monopoly, like, case as a weapon, and it builds to a point where Colt Cabana, it looks like he's about to win, and he's going for the Chicago skyline, but Sully, you know, good old Sully, being a little bit sunburnt, he finds a way from it, he's just flinging around his hand, and inadvertently hits Colt Cabana right on the chin, so Sully can get onto the apron and hit the hot dog elbow drop. One, two, three. Sully wins the No Rolls Bard Board Game Club Championship. Keeping or bringing back the belt. Solidifying himself as a legitimate member of the Dark Order. And just having a really fun story. It's really stupid. It's really stupid. But I think it's fun. You know, I feel like including Sully in the Dark Order fits surprisingly well. And having, you know, the how can they coexist dynamic is always fun. I I love that type of tag team dynamic. I'm a sucker for it. And I, I think it just, you know, it gives Colt Cabana something to do. You know, after, you know, being converted to the Dark Order. He hasn't really done much since. So, yeah, I think it fits quite nicely in there. So we're going to move on from this. Move on to storyline number two. And... If you don't like buddy cop movies, which was basically the storyline, well, how about a little bit of action adventure? Right, so, remember when I said Sully wasn't going to win the tag titles? Yeah, uh, he's still not doing that, but as a constellation prize, I want to put him in a 24-7 title run, okay? This ain't gonna be a feud about specifically just booking him against our truth or having a rivalry here. I I want my cheesy Sully comedy with the 24-7 championship a la Hardcore Holly. Because god damn it, I liked, maybe this is a hot take, I liked the 24-7 title when it was a weird thing where they were having it defended at golf carts. Defended at airports, and I want that style, but with a consistent, ongoing narrative. So how does that come about? Well, WWE has been susceptible to getting a lot of extras. In this case, maybe some to plant in the crowd for big match angles, like, I don't know, Brock Lesnar returning. So, during this period of time, we have Sullivan Bro Brown flying to America to work as an extra for WWE because like we've already said, he's an actor. So he's introduced, he's put as one of the people in the front row, you know, cheering on the baby faces, booing those nasty heels. And it gets to a point where, you know, the segment's over and Sully's just there, just, just enjoying the show, you know, enjoying it for what it is. And, you know, he's getting ready, you know, the show's about to die down and then you know, here comes our truth with the 24-7 championship being chased by, you know, multiple people. And our truth fends off a lot of these guys until, well, he's about to run away and he, he stumbles a bit. You know, he trips over on the way up to the mat. 
not up to the mat, up to like the balcony. There we go, up to the balcony. You you know, the stairs in stadiums. I'm I'm losing my mind. And Solly, you know, he's just, you know, had a lot to drink, as you do at shows. And uh, he he's walking up there, and he doesn't really see our troop because he's focusing on, where is the toilet? And he trips because there is a referee near him. Uh, Sully lands on our truth. One, two, three. Sully accidentally becomes 24-7 champion. Emphasis on accidentally. Because at this point, he's just like, oh, oh god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Mr. Truth. Uh, and he's rushing upstairs, going to take a piss. And our truth, he's trying to like go after him, but as Sully is just like running away and going to the toilet to take a pee. You know, R-Truth, he's having those feelings of like, you know what? I'm, I, I want to be like my idol John Cena. And I don't want to just go after this and try and steal a victory from this man. He earned it. He earned it. So he goes away. Sully, you know, retreats from the bathroom. He's fine. He's safe. And then the referee comes up to him and awards him the 24-7 championship. And Sully, Sully's kind of confused. He's like, well, wh why are you giving me this? The referee just emphasizes because because you won the title. What? what? No, I mean, cool, but no, I, I I didn't win the title. I'm 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 an extra here. And the referee says, "Well, no, you you won the title. You you have to defend it now." And Sully's like, "Well, no, I don't. I'm I'm just an extra here." And the referee says, "Well, whilst you're doing this, you're you're gonna be under the WWE banner." Sully's like, "What? No, no, I've got." I've got more important things to do. I've got to play Blood on the Clock Tower or, uh, I, acting and writing. <laughs> and as this happens, of course, you know, all of your dastardly heels and the 24-7 title picture come around your Akira Tozawa's, your, is Drew like a heel now? I, I'm losing track. <laughs> Akira Tozawa's, uh, I hate to say it, Mustafa Ali. I love Mustafa Ali, but it's probably the case. Uh, Humberto Carrillo, uh, Tozawa's Ninjas, <laughs> uh, who, who is still on the roster, who hasn't been released, uh, my, my mind is going blank, uh, you know what, women also go after it, so we're gonna say Nia Jax, Reginald, uh, those people, and Sully, he, he's just running for his life, he's dodging everything while still holding the belt, you know, there's a point where people, you know, they go for the kick, Sully catches it, passes it over to another guy, and then just runs away. And he's just rushing to the closest car that he can get, just saying, Taxi! Taxi! No! Uh, can I get in there? Can I get in there? And then, of course, we see, because, you know, those are all bad connection. We see Brooke driving the front of the car. So, of course, Sully gets in, and they drive off. At this point, Brooke is like, Sully, what did you do? He's like, I don't know what I did! I just... I, I just, I was just going to take a piss. <laughs> and Brooke is saying, Sullivan, are you evil? It's like, no, Sullivan, no, <laughs> Sullivan, no. I just, I, I just won the 24-7 title. It's like, Sullivan, I couldn't help it. It was, it was all an accident. How, how do I fix this? And then Brooke just says, you, you know how to fix this. Come on. And so immediately at this point, Sully calls Adam Blompier. He, Adam Blompier essentially explains, well, look, as a former booker of WCPW, WWE is going to come after you. 
for that championship. So, you either force yourself to be pinned so you can get out of this whole mess, or you just go on the run. And Sully, at this point, you know, thinking, uh, you know, I've really up here. It's like, no, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, well, Brooke is a, we're gonna keep driving. <laughs> so from this point forward, Raw now has a segment. Each and every single week on Raw, we get about a 30 minute, you know, segment, which is like a mixture between, you know, comedy match and just an overall segment called The Search for Sully, or The Sully Search, if you want. I like the Sully search more. What do you think? <laughs> so the Sully search begins. And we start out, you know, at a local coffee shop. A local coffee shop in a undisclosed location. Possibly near a local medical facility. In which Sullivan Bo Brown, disguised in what I can only really describe as a trench coat. I I'm just thinking, you know, for WWE basics when they think of a British person. I imagine they just want Sully to dress like Sherlock Holmes. So we're going to keep that as his disguise. <laughs> and at this point, you know, referees, we're getting like big, like security camera footage trying to find where is Sullivan Bo Brown? It's, it's like a, it's like a movie equivalent of where's Waldo, but with Sully. That's kind of how I'm imagining it in which he's trying to like get away because his goal at this point is to just get home. Like, he, he just came here for a job. He didn't come here to win a championship. <laughs> so his goal right now is just to get home. You know, play some board games with his friends. That's all he wants. And so he's there. He's going to get his coffee. He's about to go back, reconvene with Brooke so we can drive up to the airport. Where, who else but Tozawa's ninjas find Sullivan Bo Brown at the station. And at this point, Sullivan Bo Brown is like, look. Okay, I never wanted to win the title. This is all a big misunderstanding. So, Sullivan just lays down on the floor. I'm, I'm just going to lay here. That's all, that's all I'm going to do. And whoever wants the title, just do it. Because I've just, just end it. Just end my misery with this. I'm, I have been having sleepless nights. I've been having, been worried sick about everything that's going on. I, I just, I just want to go to England, okay? And he just lays there. And the, the ninjas, they, they try and sort themselves out, <laughs> trying to think who's going to pit him. One of them goes up, the other one drags him back. The other one goes there and they drag him back. They can't decide who is going to pin Sullivan Bo Brown to win the 24-7 championship. And because of this, they give just enough time for all the other lower card guys to get in there. Chaos ensues. And Sully is just like, oh, god damn it. And heads, heads out. We get more segments like this. One, like, where he's in a ballroom, essentially. And Angel Gaza is there, you know, trying to flirt with some of the girls. And Sully's trying to get away however he can. So he uses, as I've described from looking at some of the acting profiles, such as on, like, Mandy.com. Him having like ballet skills and like contemporary jazz dance skills and tap just to gracefully go across the crowd so he can escape with the 24-7 title. Other stuff like how he ends up like on the way to the airport having to go to another Raw show. So he's ending up there backstage 
and to get past some people he uses his puppetry skills to deceive some of the talent people like uh i don't want to say angel gaza again oh god who who would be stupid enough to not get this our truth there we go our truth so he decepts him with that, making a puppet that looks like John Cena. So R-Truth believes that it's John Cena. So he takes him along with him. And through this, we get to what I like to dub the end game. What is the end game, you may ask, for this? Well, after having multiple attempts, people trying to roll him up in coffee shops. Trying to roll him up in, you know, your classic ballroom dances in... You know, a la, you know, Crash Holly in arcades, you know, whilst he's trying to film stuff for the No Rolls Bard YouTube channel where he's defending it midst a recording of Blood on the Clock Tower. <laughs> Sully finally makes it to the airport. And at this point, he's thinking, you know what? I am going to be evil for once. Because in this Sully search segment, he's like, I am going to take this belt to the UK. Because chances are, they aren't going to see me for several months. And I'm sick of this. I'm sick of these people constantly chasing me. And you know what? I'm going to keep the big belt for all the constant torment they've given me over the past couple of weeks. I've had sleepless nights trying to uh, get through from coffee shops to ballroom dances. I've had more experiences in the past four weeks than I have had in most next to anything in this career. So I'm going to do what I need to do. So of course, we get to the airport. And it is just, it's basically your video game style boss rush trying to get through everything as this happens. So imagine Sullivan gets there with a 24-7 championship. He needs to get through baggage claim. He sees one of Tozawa's ninjas coming in. Of course, he's dressed in black and he wants to, like, assault a person. So, of course, security is going to stop the ninjas. Sully gets through the first round. Then we get to the classic waiting bit where he has to wait so that he can get to the other bit of waiting before he can get to the plane. Who comes out for this bit? By it's, it's Mustafa Ali. And because he's here for retribution. You see what I did there? So he finds him. He tries to fight him in all the random convenience stores, the local bookshops in the airport, maybe even with some fast food restaurant shenanigans. <laughs> of course, at this point, Sullivan finds a way through. He, he digs down deep because now he's trying to keep the belt. We move forward from this. He's finally away from that baggage claim bit. He's walking across, he realizes he needs a disguise. He can't use the Sherlock Holmes, he can't use the puppet. He can't just gracefully dance through Angel Gaza. There's not enough people here, damn it! So what does he do? Well, to put it perfectly, he does what any American would do. He would grab a football and play catch. <laughs> so it seems like he is American and uses his deceptive skills of accents and voices. To deceive talent. To deceive at first our truth. Who sees this all going on and thinks, are, are you Sullivan Bo Brown? Are you the 24-7 champion? He's like, no, I'm not Sullivan Bo Brown. I'm, I'm, I'm his close descendant. Uh, uh, Caleb Brown. Yeah, 
Caleb Brown. And of course, R-Truth believes it. R-Truth's a bit of a dum-dum, isn't he? So he walks by, he gets through, and it's just at the final stage. He's ready. And of course, R-Truth finds him. He gets a roll-up. One, two, Sully kicks out. He grabs his passport. He tries to poke R-Truth in the eye to get him away so that he can get his passport open to get there. The flight crew have no idea what's going on. We have commentators voicing over the action. Maybe they're saying stuff like, maybe Sully can pass his way into victory. Maybe. The victory of the 24-7 title will be across the Great British Isles. And <laughs> all these other things. And of course, by the end of it, Brooke, having been the frequent traveler, the person who's experienced this the most, finally helps Sully in this conquest. Basically saying, hey, R-Truth, are you evil? And R-Truth, you know, he's, he's conflicted at this point. He's like, well, no, John Cena's my idol. And of course, Sully uses that distraction. He hits a DDT. He kicks him in the face. He tap dances over our truth and he rushes through with the 24-7 title. Brooke follows through and we end it right there. <laughs> oh my god, what a story. <laughs> yes. Sullivan Bro Brown, that's how I'd book Sullivan Bro Brown's 24-7 title run. If you want, give the title a reason to have a break. Because I don't know, that feels like something you can do. And if you want, that could be the end of the story. Or you can just have R-Truth like how we did before, pick it up at the airport. Because how on earth did he get through baggage claim? <laughs> Hell, that that's how I would do it. <laughs> That's how I would book Sullivan in this scenario. Just, just the person trying to get his, you know, road trip movie. The big road trip movie for Sullivan Bo Brown. Using all of his comedic chops and acting in some weird, random, nonsensical 24-7 title run. If that doesn't scream pro wrestling, I don't know what does. Harkens back to the hardcore title days of the 24-7 rule of Crash Holly. Harkens back to the, you know, the early days of the 24-7 title, which were fun to an extent. That's what I want for Mr. Sullivan Bo Brown. So we're going to go off of that. And we're going to move on to the final pitch of this week, which is, well, if you didn't like buddy cop movies, if you didn't like travel-based movies, well, the final pitch for Sully to work in the wrestling business, well... He's going to be in for a position completely unknown to Mr. Sullivan Bo Brown, and it's one as a general manager. Right, so the final pitch for this week, I, I don't really have a specific goal for this. So, we're, I'm just going to take what it is. We're going to make Sully the NXT general manager. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so, the way this all goes out is, as we've already had from this week's NXT, William Regal cutting a promo about how it might be time for him to go. And you know, he tried to give it Samoa Joe. He refused, saying that, hey, people just need to respect you. 
So this happens a couple months later. Nothing has really changed in the situation. Samoa Joe, despite his efforts, is not helping to fully restrain everything. So William doesn't want to fully step down. So he says to Joe, I want to find a successor. So you see where this is going? <laughs> this whole story is basically William Regal trying to find the appropriate successor. And just like in the last pitch, Sullivan Bo Brown arrives because he's been made an extra. Because, you know, the Capital Wrestling Center probably needs some more extras. And of course, usually you think, oh, William would pick someone like Dribble H. He doesn't. Because he simply states that, look, Triple H, you're, you're going to be the future of this industry. And whilst NXT is your baby, I think we need to start thinking about new people to take a chance at this situation. You know, we look at people who've been there for a long time who aren't, you know, as active anymore. People like Byron Saxon, who was there at the beginning of NXT. Uh, you know, maybe we get a cameo from Renee Young. Uh, maybe it's someone like Todd Pettingale. Just, just a bunch of random, you know, names and cameos to think, who is it going to be? And it gets to a point where, uh, as like an extra thing, Sully is basically bringing some tea to William Regal in catering. And they're just having a little bit of a conversation. Sully's just like, like hey, uh, is, is this, well, did you, did you like the tea, Mr. Regal? Did, uh, did you, did you want the, did you want, want the piss in there like you did back in the old, the, the, the other days? Um, you just see Regal smile a little bit. It's like, you really don't know how to talk to anyone, do you? I, I do. It's just, you know, it, it comes in bursts. <laughs> so, you have a little bit of a conversation there. And we get to the moment. William Regal stands in the middle of the ring. He reiterates points that he's already made. Talk about how he was here when he saw NXT. It's just a simple show and then becoming a global phenomenon. And he states that in this new age of global phenomenon that is NXT, we need a fresh face. We need someone who isn't known in the wrestling business like I am or like Joe is. Someone who I look at them and I see a fan. I see a man who can take that experience of being a fan and use it to give out the best quality product possible for you people. So I, William Regal, gift the general manager position in which I will be advising to Sullivan Bo Brown. And of course, for people who are in the audience, they're not going to know who Sullivan is. So he's just... He's happy, like you see like a temporary like cheer, like, oh, hot dog, hot dog. I don't know why I sound like Mickey Mouse, but we're going to go with it. Hot dog, hot dog. Then he gets in the ring, he's like, oh, oh, fuck, I'm the general manager. <laughs> so he's been awarded the general manager position. And he, he goes through phases of just trying to book talent. He has his first, as part of being an acting general manager, talking to... The champions of NXT. We start with the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Indy Hartwell and and Candice LeRae. He starts trying to have a chat about, hey, who? I'm I'm very new to this general manager thing. Who who do you think you you would be suitable in facing? And of course, Candice LeRae. 
kind of saying no one because she thinks they're the best tag team because we're the way. And Indy's just not really looking. And as this is happening, <laughs> uh, Dexter Loomis walks in. He's like, hey, hey, get get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> and he asks Joe, can, can you do something about that? I, only if I'm provoked. He's provoking me. <laughs> can you get him out of there? Yeah, yes, Mr. Brown. <laughs> Gets out of him. The next people to walk in, of course, it's the tag team champions, MSK, who are just like, who, Sully, I can imagine, would just kind of vibe with, you know? He'd have his whole conversation just talking about, you know, his background in acting. Maybe they just, you know, hang around, just see my buddies, you know? Maybe chew some popcorn together. And he asks, hey, who do you think would be a good challenger for you? And it's like, well, anyone who you think is worthy of a challenge. So Sullivan starts booking matches with, like Legano Del Fantasma versus Grizzled Young Veterans. It's like a number one contendership thing. Like he doesn't really know, but he's just kind of putting it together. And we get, of course, the the million dollar championship with, <laughs> with LA Knight. Sullivan's trying to just like speak something, but LA Knight's just interrupting saying, let me talk to you. I'm, I'm, I'm the best at this thing. And of course, well, Sullivan isn't really being taken seriously. And as he's about to state to LA Knight something, uh, Cameron Grimes comes in and just starts assaulting LA Knight because, you know, he wants that million dollar championship. And Sully's just thinking, what do, what do I do here? Joe, do something. Security, something. I, I just got this office. Of course, William Regal's just looking beside us like, hey, uh, is this, is this normal? Regal's like, yes. Yes, this is completely normal. <laughs> That's all happening. And bah, bah, bah. We get Bronson Reed coming in. He, They start talking about, hey, what what, what do you want? And he's like, I am Australian. Well, no, he doesn't say that. But you get the point. They talk about potential challenges. We maybe get a little bit of Hit Row in there. Because I think Hit Row should be in there. They interrupt. It's like... And the common theme of this... As we get to the NXT champion, Karrion Cross, Is that nobody's really taking Sully seriously. Let's be honest here. It's one of those things where... Sully. He's trying to get used to the role. But it feels like nobody's giving him a chance. You know, he has promo segments where he's trying to speak to the talent. And they're just... They're kind of just not really doing anything with him. So it gets to a point where... Sully... He's, he's starting to doubt himself. He starts talking to William Regal. He's like, what what do I do, Mr. Regal? He says, well, you've, you've got to go with your gut. You've got to, got to believe. I can't shout war games forever, <laughs> Mr. Sullivan Burbrow. <laughs> and Sully, he, he... He tries to come up with crazy match stipulations to, to get those viewers' attention. He tries to get LA Knight and... Cameron Grimes in a loser leaves millions match, which is basically a match inside a ring that where they have thousands and thousands of dollars in there, which, you know, can make it really hard to trip and <laughs> just fall over. He starts making extra match stipulations like the, the Sully situational invitational, which is basically a round robin tournament where... If you guys remember the roulette wheel from Halloween Havoc from a year ago, it's basically every match in the tournament is basically just a roll. 
and it is always completely random. It's always a completely random match. It can be a ladder match. It can be a hardcore match. It can be an arcade anarchy match. I know that's AEW, so we're going to make a WWE version. It's the, it's the video game violence match. There we go. Video game violence. So he starts building these tournaments. He starts making all these, essentially, chaotic match stipulations, which of course leads to several injuries to some extent and extra random things. Of course, Sully, he's going into this. He's like, what? Oh, man. You know, it's been really entertaining television, but I can't help but feel because of all the injuries, people are starting to dislike me, Regal. <laughs> Regal says, well, that's just part of the job, Sully. That's, that's just part of the job. Of course, at this point, Sully, he's got his dream. He's, He's working in an acting position. He's getting all these people there. But in all these times that he's had, he hasn't had a chance to go back to No Rolls Bard or Quizzlemania because he's been so busy with the GM position. So he starts reminiscing on it, almost daydreaming, getting interrupted by the NXT champion Karrion Cross as he's doing that. And he's asking, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> You weren't, you weren't thinking. I, I I was thinking. And at some point, Karrion Cross says, I've had enough. I I want a good challenger. That That's all I want. Sully. Sully just can't take it anymore. He snaps. He just, well, if you want a good challenger, you, you find someone and you freaking fight him. You know, I've spent... Three months trying to make an effective goddamn brand. You know what? I don't really know how to book things. I don't book things for wrestling. I, I just came here to act and do all these random things. But no, I got brought in here by Mr. Regal. No, get me wrong. I love Mr. Regal. He's been, he's been very helpful. You've been a very lovely person. But I just, I can't take this anymore. I can't take just randomly doing this thing and being told, hey, you can't do this. But I, I know I can't, but I'm just doing it. It's like a monkey driving a goddamn airship. So Sullivan cuts what could be the best promo of his life, just saying to Regal, look, people like you are some of the best general managers in the world. I'm, I'm an entertainer. I am not a general manager, but you... You are everything, Regal. You are one of the greatest entertainers and managers in the world. Just because somebody kicked you down and said that you couldn't do it, doesn't mean that you can't do it anymore. I I know this place is just as chaotic as ever. I'm, I'm a watcher of NXT. I know how all this stuff goes. But nobody else can do this but you. Because you've been through it all, Regal. You've been through suspensions. You've been on the high end of the card. You've been the lower end of the card. If there's anyone who can understand the feelings of talent, it's not some random guy from No Rolls Bard. It's you, Regal. It's you. So maybe if you want to keep the Sully situational invitational, maybe you want to keep the video game violence match, keep them and make the brand what I know you can make the brand. Because you didn't hire me because you wanted to step down, you hired me because you wanted to quit. And I'm not going to let you quit. Because I am Sullivan Bo Brown. Pain Ladder! <laughs> <laughs>
Just just ignore the pain ladder part, but that that that's the serious promo. Because fun fact, Sully has done serious roles before. And this gives William Regal the seriousness, the cadence to go on, keep himself as general manager. He he realizes that Sullivan was right. And he asks for his position back. Sully kindly acknowledges. Because why wouldn't he? Because Sully is a fun general manager temporarily. For long term, NXT general manager Sullivan Brown would would be absolute chaos. <laughs> In the best, weirdest, or maybe maybe the most chaotic and fun way. And that's that's what we want from Sullivan Brown. We want a kind, fun chaotic individual. And that's how Sullivan can work in the wrestling business. So, we have reached the end of this podcast. What a journey. <laughs> what what a weird chaotic journey. I I feel like I I tried to make like for two of these, like B-level, like, movie genres, but for wrestling? In the best... In the best possible way? <laughs> like, we, we, we covered our body cup movie. Body cup? Yeah. Body cop movie. We've covered our, you know, road trip movie. Your action-adventure road trip movie. We've covered a random GM position. And... Honestly, I, I think that was fun. I, I was not expecting it. But then again, I'm talking about Selvin Bo Brown. And he's 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 a lovely lad. So, if you don't already, and you feel like this didn't convince you to maybe watch a little bit of No Rolls Bard, or, you know, check out Quizzle Mania with Selvin Bo Brown, go 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 check those things out, because those, those are great. I think the Blood on the Clock Tower series is super underrated. I love that series so much. So if you've got, like... A spare hour and a half. Go go listen to that. It's a very it's a very fun show to watch. And also very chaotic because there's there's one episode where Sully is a demon and it's it's everything I wanted. It's everything I wanted and then some. <laughs> so that's gonna conclude today. So before we end it here, I just wanna say thank you all for listening. The support is always greatly appreciated. And I'm going to leave this open. If any of you have any feedback from this episode or feedback from previous episodes that you would like to suggest, please, like, mention it or, like, at me at Connor the Cooper on Twitter or tell me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. I would love to hear your suggestions. I, I generally want to make this the best possible thing I can make it as this podcast has gradually evolved and evolved. And... I wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for every single one of you listening. So, I just want to say thank you so much. Because, you know, I've... It, on, on a real note, I I finished university uh, about a month ago. And, fun fact, I think as a lot of people did, I started this podcast in the middle of a pandemic. And... This this thing has got me through some of the toughest mental experiences of my life. Legitimately, it's 
just going through the stresses of my final year of uni, dealing with personal stuff. This show got me through so much, and I am forever grateful for it being this thing that I've been fortunate enough to do each and every single week. So, I just want to say thank you all so much for listening. And, oh god, I, I'm getting too emotional. Come on, Connor, just pull it, pull it together. This is this is the Sullivan episode. You, you don't want to cry in the Sullivan episode. It's the happy one. So, thank you all so much. I've, I've said that three times. And... If you like the stuff that I do, consider sharing it with your friends, sharing it with your friendliest friends. Subscribe if you haven't already, and I want to wish all of you a lovely day. And remember everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody.